Welcome to Wah Wonders Why, a companion podcast to smart enough to know better. I'm Greg Wah, and this episode is entitled It Takes, it takes equal, equal to, to or, or Greater Than, than two, 2 to Tango. One of the greatest parts of doing these podcasts for over 10 years on Smart Enough to Know Better and Wild Wonders Why is being able to ask impertinent questions of people, to ask about their point of view, to get them to explain how they see the world. And that's why I'm really excited to talk to our guests about polyamory. Enjoy! Hello, Scott and Amy! Hello, Hello, Greg. Greg. We are going to be talking about polyamory. What the hey is polyamory? You're asking us? Yes, I am. Oh, Oh, fantastic. You're the experts. Wow, okay. First of all, we're not actually experts. We're not sociologists or psychologists or anything like that. This is, we're just, we're practicing polyamorists. Um, Enthusiastic amateurs. Yes, (laughs) very enthusiastic amateurs. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, it's a form of ethical Mm non-monogamy. So instead of being in a couple that's tied together forever and ever till death was part, we have relationships with other people outside of this couple. Right. So you're a married couple. Mm-hmm. You're a married, yes. a married straight couple? Well, I'm bisexual, so technically no. Oh, okay. So I'm straight. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, right. Sorry, sadly, not... sadly, he's very straight. <laughs> <laughs> I see. And, and, so, and you have relationships outside that married unit? Yes. yes. Okay, yeah. all right. Now, I was, I was looking into the root words of it all. So poly is Greek for many, and amory is Latin for the armory. So it's many weapons uh, to use on each other, I'm assuming. Yes, yeah, that's, that's correct. That's right. We're really into fighting people all the time, <laughs> emotionally, physically, sexually. It's just, it's all, you know, yeah. in there. We, uh, we conform to what we call the Klingon Feng Shui, which is at <laughs> no point in the house must you be more than lunging distance from a weapon. <laughs> Okay, so all silliness aside, uh, it's interesting that it is Greek and Latin, but mm. look, television is Greek and Latin, so we can let that slide. Yeah. Now, for my basic research, the some people may be considering, well, isn't this polygamy? Polygamy, as far as I'm aware, is many spouses. Yes. And, and that's a thousands-of-year-old idea. It's a, it's a very old word. There's polygyny, which is a man with many wives, and there's polyandry, which is a woman with many husbands. Mm-hmm. But then you're polyamorists. So polyamory means many loves, and that seems to have only been around as a concept, well, as a word since the 1990s. In your mind, what is a polyamorous and how is it different to a, a polygamist? I think there is. Yeah, yeah, there's a me. difference. I would say that polygamy relates mainly to the act of being married to people, mm-hmm. and polyamory is more about just relationships. It doesn't limit it to the married spectrum. Yes. Like, there's... <laughs> You have to kind of take a few steps back from that definition in my mind to think about it in a broader umbrella term of ethical non-monogamy, which basically can cover not just polyamorists and polygamists and all those other people, but also people who are swingers. People who are relationship anarchists. Whoa, whoa. Who... What the heck is a relationship? That's I mean, like you plant a bomb under the bed or something? That'd be the... <laughs> remember, wow. remember the 5th of November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only time of year we have sex is on Guy Fawkes Day, everyone. That's, That's right. it. And we have to do it with revolutionary colours on. That's and right. that, that weird yeah. mask that he wore in V for Vendetta. And it always ends with a bang. <laughs> yeah. Well, relationship anarchists... <laughs> Sorry, um, I've amused myself. I apologize. That's okay. You can be a solo amorist. Over yeah. There. <laughs> oh, for so long. For that's so me. long. <laughs> <laughs> well, relationship anarchists, This is it's a fairly new concept, but it's basically people who are trying to have relationships without trying to define them necessarily. For example, if you are a normal monogamous 
heterosexual, cisgendered person, you know kind of the pathway that most people expect you to go on. Mm. And a lot of people, not a lot, but people will tend to follow that pathway without really considering each step, whether it's something that they actually want mm. or if it's something that's fulfilling for them. Mm. Um, relationship anarchists will do things like um, raise a child with a very good friend that they've been close to for a long time that they're not necessarily sexually attracted to and they don't want to have a romantic relationship with. And they're happy to do that. They're happy to have relationships with each individual person on a sort of... Every without, relationship is different. Without expectations of what that relationship should look like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Well, I, so, mean, it's, I can kind of see it. I mean, I've talked to... Once again, this is not a normal thing or abnormal, but mm. I've talked to a few people recently, women uh, mainly in this respect, and a few of them nowadays are like, well, I don't want to have kids. And that's fine. I mean, that's that's a mm. choice. And there are men who don't want kids as well. But a lot of these women feel pressured and they have to, like, oh, I have to find a man who wants kids or doesn't want kids, sorry, as well. So I, I guess in that point, it's – in that case, that's almost like relationship anarchy kind of because they're saying, well, I, I don't want to just follow the plot line of relationships. You know, you meet someone and you have you date them for a while. You get married. Yeah. You have a baby. You you build a house or whatever. Then you, you fight crime, whatever. I, I don't know how relationships work. <laughs> I, I guess these parts are being rolled into normal relationships. Is that a normal relationship or is that just a type of relationship that you could potentially have? Yeah. yeah. And what if you meet some, like the reason, okay, stepping back, the reason we started on down the track of polyamory is because we realized at some point that we were never going to be able to fulfill each other's spectrum of emotional and, and physical and social needs the way that we were kind of always the, the romance myth told us we should. Because yeah. one of the thing, points with that was that I realized as a teenager that I was bisexual. Mm -hmm. And I deeply love Scott, but he's not a girl. Mm. I'm not. And there's certain aspects of that, those relationships that he can't give me. Mm. Um, and I'm not just talking sexual. There's emotional things. There's connection points and things like that. And it's not because Scott's necessarily a male. It's just because he's not another person. Mm. Mm -hmm. Did you start your relationship as polyamorists? No. 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 That's probably more down to me because of the way I was brought up was very much a, a bogan utopia is the way I kind of see it in my head. My parents are very uh, traditional in their upbringing. You will not be, you'll not have sex before marriage. You'll be married to one person. You'll be married to them forever. Sensible. A man and a woman. Sensible policy. No, sorry. Go on. Yeah. Very, very much the, the, the societal norm. So when yeah. you're using the word normal there before, mm -hmm. what you're probably referring to in your head is that normal thing of the man, the woman, the two kids, the nuclear relationship has to be heterosexual, heteronormative. And that's the way everything should be normal. Yeah. Anything outside of that is abnormal. Yes. And, and just to, for our listeners who may be trying to throw something at me at this point, I don't mean normal as in normal and abnormal. I just mean on the bell curve, yes. more people fit inside this, this range uh, of inverted commas normality than, than ever the things. I'm not trying to say... Do, do they though? Do I, they though? I, I think they do. I think the, there's no, the incidence of um, sexual infidelity is something like sixty percent in most relationships. Oh, uh, like okay. I, I, I'm just pulling that. Like, I need to go and double check those I, figures. I need to but check that figure as well. It's actually very. <laughs> if someone can walk of shame me. I'd. Uh, feel but, uh -huh. Proving um, you listen to the podcast. I necessarily an ethical non-monogamy either. That could be a, a you know an an ethical non-monogamy where you haven't had an agreement with your partner and someone is just cheating on the side, mm. and that's pretty common. Yeah, I, um, I, I, and but, divorce is quite high as well, and a lot of people are choosing not to have children. 
but and that's still not. And we have step families, and we have homosexual families, and yeah. we have people with asexual families. Uh, yeah, asexual families. We have single parents saying that the normal is two people: one's presenting male, one's presenting female. They have two children. They date. They have sex on the third date. They get married. <laughs> they have two and a half children. They get a dog. They get a big car. They get divorced. Like mm. it, you know. Is that really normal anymore? I, I think it's I, – I know what your point is, and I, I do accept it to a, to a point. But if we – I mean, just to, once again, looking into this a little bit before we chatted today, the idea that humans are truly monogamous is not true. Like ducks, like, you know, ducks. I think it's ducks. Maybe it's geese. Oh, dear. Swans. But swans. As in they mate for life, as in when one partner dies, that's it. Like, it's it's done. Like, no more babies for that, that other one. Maybe they're just really bad at dating. Well, that's, well yeah. they are. They're very, very bad at it. They, they, just, they can't swipe. They can, their feathers get in the way of swiping right. But humans, for at least since we were Homo erectus, have been monogamous to a degree. Though I accept that there's, you know, also south the side, there's been a lot of monogamy going on. Purely, it seems, as a how to raise a child thing. Like, how do you bring a human up in a dangerous world where there are lions and hyenas and things? Well, maybe uh, if you use the word monogamish. I know, and I, agree, I think monogamish is probably true. This is the thing. There's a lot of semantics. and I, this, that's, uh, I think my point I was trying to make is I, I'm not trying to make it normal or abnormal. There's obviously lots yeah. of ways of looking at this, and, and it's not yeah. a judgment call. It's just uh, lots of people who are probably listening to this podcast probably will follow the – on the bell curve will be right in the center of that bell curve. Like in the, in the really big, big, the 60% kind of the bell curve, they'll probably fall mm. into there uh, and they may stray out of it a little bit, but not too much. And look, if they're comfortable there, that's fine too. Yeah. Well, that's yes, of course. And I love the fact we always have to you know, Don't worry. Normal people inverted commas. We're not upsetting <laughs> you at any point. Don't, anyway. Well, that's where relationship anarchy comes in. You're talking about fulfilling each other. Now in a, a relationship, once again, this is anecdotal from my life and from looking at other people's lives. I don't think anyone fulfills anyone. This may just show how pathetic I am, but I always think that part of a relationship is you're not going to fulfill someone. You can't be the the perfect person because you're not perfect. And mm. that th- the relationship is, is plucking away and being the best you can be for the other person. Is looking outside of that relationship just giving up on the other person no Mm. only if that's your intent Mm, okay yeah so if uh, in in our specific instance we didn't start looking outside of the relationship because we were unhappy with the other person Mm. or we didn't think the other person was bad or wrong or the relationship was bad or wrong Mm. in my specific headspace uh, I'd been very against the whole idea. I had massive jealousy issues. Mm. And then I got struck by the fact that I was attracted to another person. Mm. And then went, oh, wait, that's what Amy's been talking about. Mm. This doesn't This doesn't make our relationship wrong. It just means that I can have this other relationship as well. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, I- Falling in love with someone for the first time, feeling that attraction is a phenomenal feeling. Mm. It's a wonderful experience and it's always different every time you're with someone because every relationship is unique. And the idea of basically having to say, no, I can't feel this. This is wrong. I'm not allowed to feel this because I've committed myself till death to this other person seems a bit unnatural to me, I guess. Mm. Okay. Maybe we're 
wrong. Maybe we're weird. <laughs> Maybe we're weird. Probably. <laughs> How the heck do you navigate things like jealousy? Like I said, I had massive jealousy issues. So what I did was I created a mental construct inside my head of a cage. And I created a little man, little caveman looking dude who was my jealousy. And any time I felt that jealousy, I'd lock him away in the cage and I'd stop listening to him. So it was a mental construct that helped me because what Amy was doing wasn't bad. Mm. My feelings weren't wrong, but it wasn't helping. Mm. The thing, the thing about jealousy is that it is a feeling. It's it's a negative feeling. It's like being angry or being sad. It's just a feeling that you feel. Part of having a good relationship with someone, regardless of that structure, is being self-aware enough to acknowledge when you're feeling a certain way, but also being responsible enough to take care of it. Mm -hmm. You can ask for help dealing with it, but if I'm feeling jealous, making it Scott's fault or Scott's partner's fault is irresponsible Mm. and not accurate. The only person who can really resolve jealousy is me, and most of the time it's about my own insecurities, not about the strength of our relationship or the other person. Hmm. It really helps to meet the other partner um, because then you can see that they are human. Hmm. They're not a hot model brain scientist (laughs) who's super witty and rich. They're just a normal person just like you. Right. Well, I am a a super hot brain surgeon model who's rich. So, Are you coming on to me, Greg? Is this... Will you be played by Nicole Kidman in the film? Well, actually, I was talking to Scott, Amy, but thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm just going to sit over here and deal with my jealousy in a healthy and productive fashion. Yeah. Check and me, then Greg. we'll have a talk about it later where we can hash out the various things that have happened and move beyond it. So it's communication. Yeah. I Like all things as adult well, life, it's communication. It is. And a lot of people think polyamory is just an excuse to sleep around and have sex with a lot of people. But the amount of time you spend <laughs> doing active emotional processing And working on your communication skills is ridiculous Mm. because you can't make assumptions about where you are in a relationship. You can't assume that you're allowed to kiss someone because you don't have a standard relationship. Mm. You have to work out how to get consent for things. You have to be very explicit in your communications. In terms of sexual health and sexual safety, you have Mm. to say, I agree to these things, but not those things. With one of my partners, we have an agreement to get STI checks every quarter Mm. just to keep all of our, you know, ourselves and all of our partners at low risk. Is this just cheating but with with permission? Is it the same thing? As in people cheat and they cheat on their partners and all the rest. And is this just going, hey, I'm going to go cheat, and the other person going, oh, okay, fine. Cheating is when you break someone's trust. Cheating is when you have a relationship agreement and you just break that agreement completely. Mm-hmm. And that might be an unspoken agreement, like that you're monogamous together mm. um, and that you don't have sex with other people. Or it might be that you will always call and let them know where you'll be sleeping that night. Mm. Mm. So, and, or you will, you will always, I don't know, you save sex. What you're saying there is it's not cheating. You'll say to Scott, well, on this weekend, I'm going to go spend it with this other partner. That's what you've decided you're allowed to do as a group. And then as long as you keep to those rules, it's not cheating because everyone knows what's going on. I think we come at it as we, like, we've been doing this for a long time, over mm. 15 years now. Was it 2009? I, I don't know. But, Over 10, certainly. So okay. when we think about cheating on each other, I don't think I have the right to tell Scott to have sex with someone or to not have sex with someone. Mm-hmm. It's his body. If Scott was going to cheat on me, he would do it by not using safe sex. 
Yeah. Okay. That's our agreement because we don't use protection with each other. He has to use safe sex practices when he's with someone else. We don't have a sexual monogamy agreement in our relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's... even even an emotional monogamy relationship yeah. uh, agreement. What I get from my partners is different to what I get from Amy, which doesn't make what I get from them any less or what I get from Amy any less. Mm-hmm. But okay. I'm just I'm trying to think of how Scott could cheat on me, and I'm like, mm. by okay. So if we're watching a TV show together, mm-hmm. and I went ahead and watched <laughs> the next episode, oh my god, yeah. yeah, no, unacceptable. So if we were watching Game of Thrones, oh, together, imagine if he spoiled it. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When this first started, it sounds like Amy, you instigated. Are you the one who brought it up originally? Is that would that be correct to say? Yeah. When you brought this up, were you ready for the idea that this may detonate your relationship with Scott? Ooh, good question. Good question. So the thing is, when, when I came up with the idea, I thought I was inventing it, basically. Oh, right. You know, this was before the internet. Uh, I couldn't Google it. There was no thing on Tumblr. I didn't even know there was a color pattern that I could use to identify. <laughs> Apparently there is now. now. I remember the first time I spoke to Scott about this. Yeah. It's It was the idea that I deeply love Scott. Sometimes I wonder why. No. When we started talking about it, it was, I was coming at it from the perspective of, I deeply love Scott, but I am also agnostic slash atheist, depending on how I feel at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's going to be an afterlife Mm -hmm. or if there is, I don't know what it's going to look like. So all the experiences I expect to have in my existence are going to happen before I die. Mm. If I commit to Scott for the rest of my life, I have just cut myself off from thousands and hundreds of millions of permutations of human relationships and sexual interactions and intimate interactions that I could be having with other people Mm. because I love Scott. Mm. And that to me seemed vastly unfair. It's like basically (laughs) having every dessert in existence in front of you, but you're only allowed to have vanilla ice cream. Oh, come on. And it's a lovely, lovely, lovely vanilla ice cream with the little black pits in it. Oh, I'm vanilla bean, am I? Yeah, vanilla bean. Okay, that's right then. Okay, he's vanilla bean. Um, but you're only like to have. Is that like, a, is that like a, a sexy term for each other? Like, hey, hey, vanilla bean, how are you doing? Yeah. So I, I don't want to know. I don't, don't want to know. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's kind of the perspective that I came of it at it from, which was like this wasn't something that I like popped up one night. I'm like, hey, Scott, let's be polyamorous. Boom, smoke mm. bomb, I'm gone. We spoke about this for like three years. Ah, okay. And we talked about all the different things that could happen, and we did reading. Um, and research mm. on ethical non-monogamy. We had a look at other, like, I was looking at other cultures and the way that they had dealt with non-monogamous multiple partner relationships. I was ignoring it. He was. <laughs> and I think it wasn't until Scott actually felt that experience of, you know, feeling attraction to someone else. Oh, right. That he thought, oh, I still love Amy. Now I understand why Amy feels that she could, like, feel a deep and abiding love for me but also want to experience things with other people. So if I can get this straight, Amy, you brought it up and then you started mm-hmm. researching. Scott fell into, it's not happening, it's not happening, it's not yeah, happening. Yeah. La, yeah. la, 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 it's not, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, Scott, something happened and you suddenly saw it from Amy's point of view because you said you found someone that you liked, though it didn't interact, just changed how you felt about Amy. Mm. Correct. So, Amy, you didn't have a relationship in those three years when you were working all this stuff out. No. Ah, okay, right. So it was until you were both cool with the concept. I had massive crushes. Yes. Like incredibly <laughs> massive crushes on people, but I didn't do anything about them because I, we, our relationship at that point in time was monogamous. Yep. And it wasn't a spoken contract, it was an unspoken contract, but I knew 
anything further than that would actually be cheating. Mm. And because I wasn't on board. Yeah, and it's just something I wasn't willing to do. That seems very healthy to me and very much like a communication thing. Yeah, and you don't spring polyamory on someone. Um, it's yeah. actually called cheating. Yes. If you, like, if, no, if you're dating someone and you haven't spoken about this, they're going to be running under the assumption that you're going to be monogamous at some point. Mm-hmm. You have to be explicit. Otherwise, you, you can't just rock up and say, oh, and that's my other boyfriend. What are the downsides to polyamory? Uh, scheduling. Scheduling. <laughs> People are like, you must be having, like, wonderful kinky sex all the time. It must be amazing. It oh. must be like being, living in the Playboy Mansion. Dating, rolling around oh, on hot so people. Good. No, no. Google Calendar is yep. your friend. Yep. You just <laughs> – I don't know how people with kids do it because yeah. – Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, scheduling time to spend with the people that you care about, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. And also – you have to develop good emotional awareness skills and you have to develop good communication skills. If you can't communicate properly, you just can't polyamory. Communication, empathy, and honesty. That sounds like watch words for any relationships. So if we switched back to monogamy, the skills that we've learned being polyamorous would be very helpful long-term anyway. Yep. Mm. I don't want to be monogamous, by the way, babe. I know. I know. It's all good. <laughs> that sounds like, yes, yeah, if you can't talk to your partner and communicate, yeah. then you're probably in a lot of trouble. Okay. Mm. That, yeah, well, yeah, or you just just feel unhappy for the rest of your life. Either way, you know, whatever works for you. Do you tell people beyond people like me who then broadcast you on a podcast around the world uh, <laughs> uh, or do you keep it secret? I, uh, I tell people. Yeah, no, I yeah. didn't like a few years ago. I only started a few years ago, but I was like, I'm sick of not being able to talk about the fun time I had on the weekend. Yeah. So I just tell people now so that they're aware. Yeah. The, the only people in my life that aren't aware that we are ethical non-monogamous People. people is my immediate family just because they are bogan squared it would not end well that is a very harsh term they're just very traditional have you met them i have met them we've had dinner several times yeah <laughs> can you share assets at death and that sort of stuff not legally oh i suppose you could you could put specific people's names in a will mm. and but you could do that with anyone that you didn't wouldn't have to yes. have been in a relationship with them I mean, there are down. So some of the downsides would be if you are out and you have someone who just absolutely doesn't believe that that's the right way to be, mm. they can judge you for the kind of mm. relationships that you're choosing to have. People who have custody of children can sometimes have difficulties there, mm. because if you're in a custody battle, you need to be demonstrating a solid, stable life, and and so there are people. Mm. I don't know if it's as prevalent in Australia as other places, but if they are polyamorous, it can negatively affect their oh. ability to retain custody. Well, in addition, if you're in a polyamorous relationship and then you break up and your partner goes away and basically says, well, they were cheating on me with this other person. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Difficult because there'd be a lot of proof that that was happening. It just wasn't cheating. Yeah. Mm. Except legally, it technically is, I guess. Yeah. 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 So once again, that's, that's douchebaggery. Anytime you get into a relationship with someone else, you, you run the risk of heartbreak like you run the risk of it not working mm. recriminations like the same with any sort of monogamous relationship that comes to an end is you it worth it thing well yes well on the on the plus side when you break up you often have other people that you can go yeah. and talk to about it so <laughs> i you know yeah. last time i broke up with a boyfriend i got to come home to my husband and mm. he got me ice cream it was lovely certainly <laughs> um, certainly cho- uh, ultra choc i believe yes yeah. and now no, it'll be nothing but vanilla yes, bean He's meeting my emotional um, needs. Emotional (laughs) ice cream needs. Ice cream. (laughs) Okay, so what's the positive sides then? Um, The ice cream, you just mentioned one. That's always good. Ice cream is good, yes. Ice cream is good. (laughs) Start with a term that people can Google. You think about it. Um, There's a thing that in uh, polyamory called compersion, which is a feeling that you get 
when you know that a partner that you have is out having fun. So you're having fun because they're having fun. They don't necessarily have to be there. And it's not something that I felt to begin with because of my massive jealousy issues. But when I started feeling it, it's like, oh, I don't have to be sitting at home moping. I can sit at home and be happy that Amy's happy or another partner's happy or, or, or what have you. Mm. Okay. What? <laughs> Com- okay. Well, Compersion. Compersion. Mm. It's, it's drawing happiness because someone you care about is happy drawing or another happiness. person is happy. It's like it's the opposite happiness. of schadenfreude. Okay, processing, yeah. processing, processing, okay. processing. Okay, yeah, I, I get it. I guess so. I, I have a horrible feeling that every time I I think about these things and process them, I, the audience is just going, you're a monster. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it, it's, 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 if you've never thought about it before, it is something to take. You have to take time to wrap your head around it. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, a lot of you mention it to people and then you leave them for three days and they come back and they're like, okay, I've been thinking about it. I think I get what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's, I, it's not a natural state that we feel. It is yes. a natural state that we feel because we feel it. No, no, in, in um, our romantic and sexual relationships is based on societal norms. We don't think, no, have sorry, a term back, for back it. Up, back up a bit. What you mean to say is it's not your default. It's yes. not your expected default setting. Yeah. You, you want – I and think people are – Something maybe that you've never challenged in yourself. I, I guess a lot of people would be I want my partner to be happy – but I want my partner to be happy with me. Yeah. I don't want them. That's there's the big step. I just it, from my lack of knowledge in my brain processing it. I'm trying to think of a what would be a normal. Sorry, wrong word. A standard 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 way of looking at it. Maybe if I was at home, if I was a heterosexual man in a in a heterosexual relationship. And my partner went out on the town with the girls. Awesome. She's having a great time with her friends. I don't have to go out with them. They're going to have a blast. I don't need to be there, but I'm really happy she's out having this great time. Is that what you're talking about? But, it, you know, connected to it? Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Plus, yeah. if you're lucky, you she'll be out having a great time on the town with all of her friends. You know, maybe she's an exuberant social person mm. and you get to stay home and catch up on all that tv that you haven't caught up on that she absolutely hates watching yeah yeah okay yeah. and he doesn't like the cw network i do it's just it's, yeah I <laughs> okay so that, that puts compersion into a into a box i can understand it breaks it down into something i can quite yeah okay i can see what you're saying so now you, the next step is to go you're you're not just out with your girlfriend slash boyfriends you're out with your girlfriend or boyfriend if you can see the inverted commas or or both or inverted commas that i was using there oh don't even start no i can't deal with both (laughs) i am a bearer simple brain at this point please stop no i can't quite does not compute maybe there's a god above but all i ever learned from love was how to shoot down someone who outdrew you that's a terrible way of looking at the world, Leonard Cohen, but I guess if you have that way of looking at love, you're trying to destroy them before they destroy you <laughs> or survive I being destroyed. What he's describing is the idea of being able to win in a relationship. Yes, yeah. yes. And you can't win in a relationship. Relationships shouldn't have a win condition. It's not – sorry, I don't think it's actually about that. Mm. It's about the fact that when one of you wins, the condition of the other person is that they lose. Yeah. Mm. And if you care about the other person that you're with – they just lost. That's yes. not good. 
you know, someone you care about is hurting and you did it. Congratulations. You win. Enjoy. If you're at the point of trying to damage the other person, then, then things have gone horribly wrong, I think. Yeah. That's, that's a very good point. But yeah. I mean, or, or it's gone horribly wrong at that point and it can be fixed, of course. It doesn't mean that it's all over Red Rover. Yeah. It just means yeah. that you probably need to chat about what's going on there. Okay. So what's the thing when you talk about polyamory or, or non-polyamorists ask you about it, what's the thing they never ask that they should ask? The thing that I find is that a lot of non-polyamorists think that it is mainly about having the sex with other people. Yeah. I just, sometimes the joy of being a polyamorist is that you can fall in love with someone without having to feel raging amounts of guilt over it. Mm. When a relationship ends, people are like, well, you know, you're a polyamorist, you've had so many relationships, obviously get, get they all failed. It. Yeah, get over it. You, so monogamy is what works. Polyamory is a failure. And you're like, no, all relationships end eventually. Mm. The idea of you're stuck in this relationship until you die and that's the only win condition is ridiculous. People divorce, people separate, people date for three days and they ghost you. Mm. That's just a kind of thing that happens. Mm. Um, you, we've had a lot of successful relationships with other people mm. that ended. Yep. Some of them really well, some of them terribly. But we learned something and we grew every time yeah. that happened. Mm. And to me, that's probably the best thing about being a polyamorist is, is developing which sounds really woo-woo now that I think about it, but developing as a human being and having all those experiences with other human beings. Yeah. It's made our relationship together stronger as well. But being open about it and not lying about it and being yeah. honest about your feelings, wants and needs. Mm. Yeah. There's a term in the community called unicorn hunters. Uh-huh. It's where you get a couple who are looking for another woman. Okay. Usually a bisexual woman. It is a series of tropes. You can look it up. Just type in unicorn hunters to your Google browser right now, and you will get a bunch of articles on it. Yep. And we did that for a while because we didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We forgot that the other person would be a person who's mm. separate from us, who has their own feelings and needs and wants. And we forgot that we were a couple, so that gave us a certain amount of power and privilege. In the relationship. And that was a bad way to be. It wasn't good for the other person. It wasn't good for us. And since then, we've learned more about, like, it's okay to date separately. Mm. We don't veto each other's partners. We might have a discussion about someone that we're attracted to, but we we don't have the power to say you can no longer date that person Mm. because that's damaging to the third person, if that makes sense. Mm. And that's the kind of thing that people don't think about. They're like, oh, you're just going out having sex with people. And then coming home to this other person. It's about keeping all the all your relationships going, not just not focusing on one, letting the other one wither on the vine. Mm. Because if there is, if we're having a relationship problem, sometimes it's really tempting to to blame someone else's partner. You know, oh, you're spending so much time with them. That's obviously why we're struggling right now. You just ignore me nowadays. But eventually, it comes back to the fact that your your relationship between the two of you is struggling. It's not that third party's fault. This is something that you have to work on together, not yeah. by getting rid of that other person, but by developing what's between the two of you instead. Yeah. Or, of course, ending the relationship that you have because yes. it's obviously not working. For the two of us. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's, that, that's not, a, that's not yes. a fail state. That's a, that's a logical end to a, something that's not working anymore. It's yeah, broken. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah okay. Because of, you have to be that level of aware about the relationship as well. You have to keep working on our relationship. Yeah. So our relationship is better because we date other people. Yeah. I think I might have to end it there. Uh, Amy and Scott, thank uh, you very much. Actually, Greg, yes. Greg, before you do, yes. um, we might give your listeners a couple of resources, maybe to look oh, at it. Oh, please, yes. Research. Absolutely. Let's go with resources. Um, there's a really good book with a terrible title called The Ethical Slut. Mm-hmm. It's not a terrible title. <laughs> In- 
in Greg's normal world. Conducting non-monogamous relationships in an ethical way. I also like the book Ask Me About Polyamory by Tikva Wolf because Mm. it's comics and it's really easy to read. Yeah, yeah. And just go through a few concepts. There are a number of podcasts and Facebook groups. Uh, Multi-amory podcasts, Mm -hmm. probably one of the best out there, mainly about relationship communication so even monogamous people can get things out of that. There you go. Those monogs. Mm. Those, those monogs. Okay. I like, I like, Scott, I'd like to point out that I've been called many things in my life, and I don't think normal has <laughs> ever been one of them. So thank you. I'm going to take oh, it as a compliment. Great. Yes. I, I meant it in that. I meant it in that way. Oh, very nice. Standard. I, you mean standard? I, you ever, I, never, I, I did not. I did never, not. <laughs> never call me standard, Scott. That would that would end badly for everyone. Okay, uh, it's Amy and Scott. Thank you very much for joining us here on Well Wonders Why. Uh, best of luck in the future for your relationships and to everyone's relationships. Yes. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Okay. Once again, so much to unpack this episode. Maybe you agree with polyamory. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have an idea what it is. I think I had an idea what it was, but now I'm not terribly sure. I don't know if it works for me or doesn't. I'm glad to know that people are able to explore these things. Now, Amy did make a comment about 60% of relationships have infidelity in them. I did some research and it doesn't seem to be that high. According to Psychology Today, there's been a 37-year study that shows that about 10% of people have admitted to infidelity. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that only 10% of people Uh, uh, unfaithful in their relationship but the actual number is unknown it's probably higher than 10% now before we finish up it's June recording this podcast and that is Pride Month so to all our LGBT listeners out there happy Pride Month I'm glad that we live in a world that we can actually have a Pride Month okay listeners I hope you enjoyed this episode If you have something you would like to know about, or if you have a point of view that you never get to hear on a podcast, why not contact me and say, I want to hear about this special thing, or I want to give my voice to the world, because this is a platform, and this platform is open to anyone, as long as it interests Gregoire. Is that's there's the gate. It's a very it's a very low gate or a very high gate. No, it's a low gate. We can climb over this gate. You can open the gate, step through, step onto the platform, and we can have a conversation about it. So let me know. You can get in contact with me at Greg at smartenough.org. Alright, lovely listeners. Keep being curious and excited about the world. Bye. Mm-hmm.